Have you ever been in an argument with your husband where you feel like you can barely control how you're reacting? You feel so frustrated, rage towards your partner, and you want to give him a piece of your mind. And self-care plays an amazingly huge role in how we experience conflict, how we choose to communicate with our partner. If we consider how we become this like difference in when we're experiencing conflict with our partner, it really starts with how were we feeling before we got triggered, before we got frustrated, before the anger built up. Welcome to the Marriage and Motherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Perda. As a marriage coach who's been through and still going through the trenches of motherhood myself, I get it. Life gets busy and sometimes your relationship takes a backseat. But guess what? You can feel like a couple while raising kids and I'm here to help. Join me each week here as we dive into the messy but fulfilling world of marriage and motherhood. From navigating conflict to reigniting that spark, we're going to chat about it all. So, If you're juggling mom life with wife life, this podcast is for you. And hey, if you love what you hear, I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Here's this week's episode. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Marriage and Motherhood Podcast. So this week, I'm going to be talking more about self-care. We're on a self-care kick, right? Because it's so, so important. It's like literally the foundation of everything in your life. It improves every single aspect of your life, like how you feel, how you experience life, your relationships, especially the important ones, like the one with your husband, the ones with your kids. And so today I wanted to talk about the role that self-care plays with communication, with conflict. And so if you've been experiencing a lot of arguments going the way you don't want it to go, it's going downhill, it's spiraling, and you're finding it hard to resolve it as a team. And you are just allowing it to affect the overall vibe of the home, how connected you feel as a couple. I'm really glad you're here because this is definitely something that you're going to be able to walk away from listening and being able to incorporate the takeaways so that you don't have to deal with that anymore. Okay. I'm sure you didn't get married to feel like arguments were your marriage and that marriage feels hard all of the time, right? I want you to get to the point where marriage feels good and it has its hard moments. Not that marriage is hard. Okay. So let's get into it. Have you ever been in an argument with your husband where you feel like you can barely control how you're reacting, right? You feel the anger pumping through your veins. You feel so frustrated, so upset, even maybe rage towards your partner. And you just want to unleash it on him, right? You want to give him a piece of your mind. You want to let him know how wrong he is for doing something or for not doing something or for thinking a certain way, for wanting to approach life a different way than you think is the right way, right? 
I know I have. When I get mad, I get mad. Okay. And self-care plays an amazingly huge role in how we experience conflict, how we choose to communicate with our partner. Okay. And the way this works is if we back up, if we consider how we even got to this place where we become this like whole different other person when we are in a disagreement, when we're experiencing conflict with our partner, it really starts with how are we feeling before that? Before we got triggered, before we got frustrated, before the anger built up, right? Like I know it might feel like anger can come in like zero to three seconds, right? It's just like, boom, it's here. But there's a buildup, okay? Something was happening, whether you were aware of it or not, but it built up and became like this volcano that erupted, okay? And as a mom, maybe you know this book, the book, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Basically, the premise of this book is that this boy wakes up on the wrong side of the bed. Everything is wrong. He is noticing every single thing that isn't how he wants it to be. And it's coloring how he's experiencing life. So it's like in motherhood, maybe you're in that phase where life just doesn't feel great. You wake up and it's more of the same shit every single day. And you're like, God, this is terrible. You are noticing that you aren't enjoying life. Life does not feel very satisfying right now. It just feels like it's not going how you want it to, just like the book, right? And how you know that you're in this phase is maybe you're hyper aware of all the things that are going wrong in life. You find yourself snapping at people. You are more impatient. You are super critical, maybe even judgmental. You're unable to hold your tongue. Maybe even find yourself carrying a lot more stress, right? Like your fists are clenched. Your jaw is clenched. Your shoulders are up to your ears. You just feel uptight. And the communication with your husband feels really rough. What could be a simple conversation turns out to be a fight. If this is you, you're not alone. A lot of people are experiencing this, especially after becoming parents. And I've definitely had my rounds experiencing this too, right? I can definitely get in this mode depending on how well I'm taking care of myself. And when you're not taking care of yourself, what's usually happening is that you're brushing things under the rug. You're letting time pass saying, oh, it doesn't really bother me that much. Essentially dismissing that something's wrong, that something needs to change. And in that brushing, all that built up pressure, that built up frustration, you're essentially allowing all this to accumulate. And then it's almost like you become this tornado. 
that goes through the entire house and you wreak havoc through your mood, through how you communicate, through how you react to things. And it's like tornado mom's here. Everybody steer clear, right? Get out of her way. Do things perfectly. Okay. And then what happens? You feel bad. You feel guilty. You feel ashamed that you became this other version of yourself. And maybe you apologize and you try and move on, right? I've done all of this. Okay. And on my bad days where I'm really neglecting myself, I still get to that place. And what I've noticed is that when this becomes a normal thing, there is something wrong here. My behavior is not something I want my family to feel like they have to look out for. Like they have to keep a pulse on how is mom feeling? How is my wife feeling today? And letting that dictate how they act around me. That does not sound like a very safe, welcoming place to be. I don't want them to think, I don't want to piss her off today just being me. I have to do everything perfectly. I don't want to ruffle her feathers, right? And this kind of goes along with that saying, happy wife, happy life, right? Very popular saying, but I don't agree with it. Like, yes, when I'm feeling good, that helps everyone else in the house. It lifts all of our moods, right? But what I don't want happening is For my singular experience to have that large of an impact on the entire household, right? So I actually believe in happy spouse, happy house, or even taking it a step further, I want everybody to be happy. I want everybody to know how to make themselves happy and not put that responsibility on other people, right? I don't want my family to feel like they are walking on eggshells around me. That doesn't feel good. I don't want my kids to be afraid of upsetting me. I want to have that open communication, that open relationship with me so they can tell me whatever and know that I'll be there to listen and to guide them if they want the guidance, right? I don't want to have a teenager that doesn't feel like they can talk to me and they need to hide stuff because they're scared of what I'll do or say. And I definitely don't want my husband avoiding me because it looks like I'm a ticking time bomb that's going to go off. And if he so much as looks at me at the wrong way or flirts with me when I'm not in the mood, that he's going to get his hand slapped figuratively, right? And I'm betting that you don't want that either, right? Now, Upon reflection, I realized that though I was doing this unintentionally, I was unintentionally placing this responsibility on other people, it's not up to our loved ones to have to accommodate us because we're burned out or dissatisfied with something. And when they do that, it might temporarily make things better because they're making it easier for us or creating a calmer environment for us to come down from feeling so angry and frustrated. But if you think about it, that's not fair. And how often are they doing this? And is that what you want for them, right? Is that the role you want them to play? And how does your home feel in general, on average? Obviously, not doing it on purpose, 
right? You're not vindictive. You're not planning out how to make their lives miserable. But not taking care of ourselves is having that consequence on the whole feeling of the home, of the family, of your relationships, okay? And it's not anyone's responsibility to take care of other people, right? Even as parents, we're not responsible for our kids' emotions. They feel what they feel. We're responsible for our own emotions and our own actions. And everything that we do has an impact, right? So when we take back that responsibility, they can then have that freedom to take care of themselves, to learn how to do that for themselves and for your husband to do that for himself. It's our job to make sure that we help ourselves feel good and we set ourselves up for success, right? And that's through proactive self-care. If you're finding yourself approaching self-care from more of a reactive stance, then you're probably doing the things that I'm sharing right now, right? You're being reactive and things in the home feel tense. People might be avoiding you depending on what's going on with you, right? And so when I noticed how often I was getting into this mode where I'm super nitpicky, super naggy, super critical, everything I'm saying is negative and critical of someone else, I knew I wanted that cycle to stop. And even though I wasn't taught how to be any different, I didn't want that excuse to be enabling me to continue doing that. Because if I were to play it out and I hit fast forward, I am not going to like what I see, right? My kids won't want to hang out with me. They're not going to want to talk to me. My husband might be gone or just tolerating me, right? Nothing. That sounds desirable. It's unfair to me, it's unfair to my husband, and it's definitely unfair to my kids because that teaches them stuff that I don't want them to learn either, right? That they get to do that, that this is okay to do because this is what they witnessed. This is what they experienced. And then they feel like they're responsible for other people's feelings and that other people are responsible for theirs. But that's all backwards, right? So I can change this and I can take responsibility over myself. And so can you. So when I started to take the time to pause and reflect, then I noticed, huh, sometimes I have good days and sometimes I don't. Hmm. Why is that? So I asked myself, what made the good days good? And what made the bad days so challenging? It couldn't just be luck or chance or based on what other people were doing, although they have influence over how you feel, right? And that feels disempowering, right? Like, oh, my day is dependent on other people. I don't like that. And it's also not true, right? And so I came to the realization that it was something under my control. This is something I have control over. I can empower myself to set myself up for a better day. What? How amazing is that? Right? So if that's true for me, that is also true for you and every single person. Now, there's this other book that I love. I don't remember the name. But it has to do with a bucket. And maybe you've heard of this before, right? 
every person has a metaphorical bucket. Every day we have a certain amount that that bucket is filled with, okay? The fuller it is, the better we feel. The emptier it gets, the shittier we feel. So when we feel good and our bucket is full, we see the world as a good place to be. We smile more, we joke more, we're more patient, understanding, compassionate, kind, all the things you love to be more of. You wish you were this all of the time. You're content, you're at peace, everything is good. We're willing to overlook things that would bother us on other days, approach it with more compassion. We're willing to help anyone out because we just want to spread our joy. But when our bucket is empty or running low, we feel terrible. We see the world as a difficult place to be in. We notice everything that's going wrong. We criticize more. We blame more. Maybe even yell more. We're not present. We're unavailable for connection, right? We just want space. We want everyone to leave us alone. We're like cranky as hell. And we're definitely not giving people that we love the benefit of the doubt. And we aren't reaching our hand out to help others as much because that phrase, misery loves company. So we have those two opposite ends, which means that whatever we feel inside, whatever our internal world is like, we're spreading that around us. Whether we know it or not, that's what's happening, right? If we feel like we're sparkly, we're spreading glitter everywhere, right? And we're leaving traces of our joy. We lift other people up. And when we feel shitty, we're like tracking mud in everyone's home. Or maybe even worse, poop, okay? And so we're dragging people down with us. And I don't want to spread the negativity. I don't want to be that source for someone, right? I want my home, the people I love, my community to feel like they want to be around me. I want to feel like someone that adds to someone's life, right? And I want my home to be somewhere where my family wants to be. I want it to feel fun. I want it to feel light, warm, loving, safe. And when I don't feel good, that's not the vibe that exists in the home. And if you're really being honest with yourself, maybe that's true for you too. And so by making the connection between my well-being and how I perceive life and how I behave, it made me realize just how much self-care affects how I experience and participate in conflict. Because we definitely choose how we participate. And we can control that. We have a choice in how we show up during conflict, right? Conflict is inevitable, but arguing is optional. So when I prioritize my well-being, conflict is easy, right? It doesn't feel fun, but it's easy. We can get through it together as a team. We can resolve issues and we can reconnect, right? I have the capacity to use my four R's method. When it comes to communication, if you're not familiar with it, it's reflect, reveal, repair, reconnect. I have the capacity, the bandwidth to do that. I'm able to communicate my needs and how I feel. I'm able to notice 
changes in my husband's voice and body language and pivot when I need to, right? To keep the conversation productive. I don't take things as personally. I'm able to resolve issues with him as a team. Like I want to work together and we can reconnect as a couple and move forward and grow from the experience, which is the purpose of conflict, right? It's to shine a light on where you can grow as a couple. It's an opportunity. But when I'm not taking care of myself, I don't even want to work with my husband. I don't know how I feel. I don't know what I want. I just know in general, I don't like what's going on. That's it. It's like there's this wall. I'm way more sensitive and reactive to what he's doing, what he's saying, right? And I can tell the conversation isn't going well, but I'm not pivoting. It's like I'm a train and you can't stop me, right? I'm creating a bigger hole for us to get out of. And I see my husband as the problem, not working with him. I am not receptive to his ideas. And I feel very separate from him. It's like, I don't even want to be in the same room as you, right? But I know that I don't like this argument and I know we have to fix this, but also I'm not being a team player. So it's just like, I'm working against myself. So self-care plays a huge role in how well your conflict or how not well your conflict can turn out, okay? So if there was any doubt in your mind that self-care is optional, here's another tidbit or food for thought for you to consider about how important it is. I want you to stop waiting for the time to be more convenient, waiting for permission for you to start taking care of yourself. Okay. When you take care of yourself, you become more intentional. And when you're more intentional, you're going to show up in your marriage differently. You're going to show up in motherhood differently. And I want this for you. I want whatever you see for yourself in your future, right? Grown kids who are independent and can handle themselves well. They're emotionally mature. They know how to communicate. They're in healthy relationships. And you and your husband are old and gray, but still having so much fun together, still feeling in love and connected. I want you to have a clear pathway to that vision, whether you're traveling all the time or have a lot of hobbies together, or maybe you live near the kids and you're spending a lot of time with grandkids, whatever it is that you want for your future. I want you to have a clear path and know that your actions, self-care, right? I want you to know that your actions are helping you get there. Instead of feeling like, I have no idea how we're going to get there. I don't even see that it's possible anymore. Okay. And if this is something that you are struggling with, I would love to help you with this because knowing yourself, taking care of yourself, prioritizing yourself is the foundation of any success that you feel in life. Right. And when I say success, I don't mean financial. I mean, feeling at peace with your life, feeling content, feeling joyful, actually loving your life. Okay. This is the very first thing that I work on with every single client, whether you're working with me alone or whether I'm working with you and your spouse together as a couple. This is the very first thing that I work on with them. Okay. So if you want help 
reach out to me. I would love to help you with this. I would love to just over the span of 12 short weeks, help you see that clear path, help you feel that sense of hope and rejuvenation in your marriage again. Okay. Cause you deserve that. You deserve to enjoy your marriage. Cause that's what I'm assuming you signed up for, right? That's what I was looking for in my marriage. And as soon as I felt like things were not that things needed to change. Right. And so I had some growing to do. My husband had some growing to do, and I would love to help you and guide you and support you in that process. If this is the next step that you think is right for you. Okay. Otherwise start exercising more self-care in your day-to-day routine. Right. If you don't what I mean by self-care, and you don't know what I meant by reactive self-care versus proactive self-care, go listen to that episode two episodes ago where I talked about real self-care, okay? I'm not talking about massages. I'm not talking about, oh my God, I'm stressed. I need to reset. That's not what I'm talking about. Those are nice, but those don't have sustainable long-term benefits. So go check that out, okay? Let me know what you end up doing. Send me a message. Tell me how it's going. Ask me all the questions. And if you want to work together and you're ready to take your marriage to the next stage of joy, happiness, connection, open communication, and create a healthier model for your kids to mimic, come join me. All right. I hope you have an amazing day. I hope that this episode helped you start prioritizing yourself and how it actually has a benefit to your entire family. Okay. So self-care, yes, it's for you, but it's also for your loved ones as well. All right. Take care. Have an amazing rest of your day and I'll catch you back here next week. Bye. That's it for this episode. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. I would so appreciate that. And if you love what I share here, then you're going to love and want to join my free private Facebook community that's also called Marriage and Motherhood. I hope to see and connect with you in there. Otherwise, I'll catch you back here next week for the next episode. Bye.